what I've seen so far in my kind of business life where, you know, again, I was in the software business, you know, we had good products, but I think a lot of people that are like, you know, doing a startup or they're like an entrepreneur, they have this kind of thought and mindset that if I build a really great product, like the rest is going to take care of itself. And unfortunately, that's not the case. Like, unfortunately, you know, the best product doesn't always win. It's really, it's very sales driven in terms of the success of a lot of companies. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders. Super excited to be welcoming you back to the podcast, Dave Hanley or David Hanley. He is the Chief Revenue Officer of AdvertiseCast. Four years ago, I had uh, Dave on the podcast and his business has grown enormously. And they uh, they they were acquired by Libsyn, uh, one of the longstanding players in the podcast industry. And uh, you know, now they're looking to grow Libsyn out as senior senior players in the business, he and his partner. And we have a fantastic talk about, you know, selling your business, uh, you know, leadership at a higher level um, and uh, really, really fascinating conversation. I know you're going to love it. And afterwards, we also post the podcast that we did four years ago. So the reason why we do these podcasts is to attract young entrepreneurs uh, to our program. So if you know anyone, please send them this podcast, send them to our website, studentworks.com, or send me an email, cthompson at studentworks.com. We are in the middle of the 2023 preseason, crushing it, going to have an unbelievable year. And we will be in the summer, we will be recruiting for 2024 for those limited spots. Have yourself a super fantastic day. Well, Dave, welcome back to the podcast. So super to have you. Hey, Chris. Glad to be back. I'm surprised that it's been as long as it's been since we did our <laughs> did our first uh, first edition here four years ago. Four yeah, years crazy. ago, and and I was listening re-listening to our podcast when we when we did it, and and I know we were talking as well that the business got purchased um, by Libsyn, and I I found out about that from a podcast that we both like to listen to, which is Built to Sell. And John Warlow, who's been on our podcast. And, and so I thought, wow, it would be great to catch up. And so um, we really didn't talk much about Advertise Cast. So why don't you talk to the leaders and catch the leaders up? What was the concept when you first got started, et cetera? And so I have this, you know, everybody always asks for kind of the origin story over the last, you know, year or so. And it's funny because um, after I kind of exited my last company, I knew I wanted to do something totally different. So my, my previous businesses were in enterprise software specifically in the insurance industry. And I got a little bit tired of that after I think it was like 14 years. So basically I took some time off and like literally that story where I, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night and you go, Oh my God, I have this great idea. Um, so I literally got up, wrote it on a little piece of paper. And the idea was, you know, I was a huge podcast listener and I thought, Hey, I've seen, I'm hearing a lot of ads out there on shows like more and more every day. Um, there's gotta be something to this. Maybe there's like a kind of a, like a two-sided marketplace advertisers on one side, podcasters on the other side, wrote it down, went back to sleep, woke up in the morning 
And essentially I Googled, you know, podcast advertising marketplace and boom, this website called AdvertiseCast came up. And, you know, you know, me kind of being curious, I just, you know, emailed the, the, the regular kind of generic email address and said, hey, you know, saw what you guys are up to, just curious, like, you know, how's the business going? You know, like to chat and whatever. And this guy named Trevor got back to me and he said, hey, we just started this thing a little while ago. You know, we've got a lot of interest from podcasts, not as much interest from advertisers. And it's kind of like a bit of a slow start. And essentially, you know, I thought it was a cool idea. But I thought Trevor was a really nice guy. And I basically made a proposal to him saying, look, you're not really generating, you know, much revenue. Um, my background is basically like, you know, taking something from, you know, it's there to an actual, you know, real business and focusing on sales and kind of structuring the, you know, the company. And, and I said, Hey, Trevor, you know, we can try this out. I'll tell you what, let's work for six months together. And you don't, have to, you don't have to pay me anything. Yeah. Um, I think I can bring some value. And if this works, you know, here's what I would propose, like a partnership beyond this. And he's like, hey, you know, what can I lose? Right. Like if this doesn't work, this guy moves, moves on. And I, you know, haven't given up anything. If it, if it is working, like, you know, giddy up, um, let's, let's do something. Um, and it turned out it was just one of those things where, you know, him and I got along amazing, super complimentary skills. And the business like just took off. It went from almost no revenue, like it was a few thousand dollars to probably, you know, $300,000 in the first few months. We did a, you know, we actually registered an entity, partnered up the next year. I think we did like, you know, 10 X that it was like three and a half million year after that. It was, I think it was like eight year after that it was 12. Right. Um, and then basically we started getting people knocking on the door saying, Hey, we like what you guys are doing. Let's, you know, as they always say, let's look to partner or, you know, maybe there's something more interesting there. And, yeah. and basically we, um, we decided to get acquired by this company called Libsyn. Oh, okay. Well, hold on. You covered a whole lot. The one thing <laughs> I love just to point out to our, to our leaders, number one, when you have a, a really, really good skill set, especially around revenue generation, there's a lot of people who that's totally foreign to them. hundred percent. Right. There's yeah. a lot, you know, like, how do I do that? How would that work? And how do you get up, set up the sales scripts? And, you know, and you know, all that. And, and again, obviously you learned some of that at student works and then you kept that as your core skill, right. Throughout your career. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, which is so huge. Yeah. I always say, Chris, it's like what I've seen so far in my kind of business life where, you know, again, I was in the software business you know, we had good products but a lot, I think a lot of people that are like, you know, doing a startup or they're like an entrepreneur, they have this kind of thought and mindset that if I build a really great product, like the rest yeah. is going to take care of itself. And unfortunately, that's not the case. Like you could literally have like, for example, if, if there was a company that, you know, I was talking to that had, you know, I could join one of two companies, somebody with like, you know, a good product. But they had, you know, a really great sales team and someone that's going to go out there and really crush it. Or if they had like, there was another company with the most amazing product, but they didn't really have a sales capability and didn't know the importance of sales. Like I would bet on the first company all day long because, you know, that's unfortunately, you know, the best product doesn't always win. It's really, it's very sales driven in terms of the success of a lot of companies. Or for you and me, Dave, fortune. Yeah, exactly. No, so and that's exactly it. Like once you have that skill set, like, you could literally do, you know, do anything. There's so many companies out there that need that need sales help. Yeah. Between that period where I was running my last company and, and kind of started up on AdvertiseCast here, I did a little stint at uh, a startup accelerator. 
uh, in Toronto at the um, at, at Ryerson, which is um, I guess they, they changed names now. Yes, Metropolitan Metropolitan. But uh, yeah, exactly. So so it's the, the DMZ accelerator, which is like I think like one of the biggest startup accelerators in Canada. And I was kind of like playing the role of like entrepreneur in residence. And literally all I did all day long was sit in a room for like two days a week. Companies would come in and they'd go, here's our product and here's what we're doing and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you guys need to learn how to sell. Like oh, that was the conversation like 90% of the time. And then we'd go through like starting from scratch. Like, hey, what's your value proposition? Like, who are you trying to sell to? Um, let's talk about pricing. Let's talk about like, you know, you're going to do a presentation to somebody. What does that deck look like? What are you hitting on? And like... It was literally that same conversation day in, day out. And it was yeah. like, that just kind of, for me, underscored, like, there's a problem out there. Like, there's not a lot of people that focus on sales. And like, our, our um, you and I have a, we found out a common friend, Mark Cox, who he he's a guy that I've worked with for years um, on just like, you know, kind of like honing those sales skills. And he says the same thing. It's like, there's very few people out there that, that I've ever want to get into sales. You know, a lot of people are in sales and they don't really know it. Yes. But those people who actually take it seriously and like train themselves and like read sales books and like go to courses, like it's a huge advantage. And I mean, really the, up, the upside is just, is, is infinite, right? Yeah. And people can Google Mark. He is a, another alumnus of the program and he, he, we have a podcast. I'm looking to reach out to Mark to have him back on to actually share some sales secrets. So, so I'm sure I'll, I'll be able to do that. But uh, you can see the assumptive sale there, Mark. Um, so uh, <laughs> exactly. sorry, Dave, assumptive sale. But the other thing I wanted to point out is, is when you save your money, you can go to people and say, let me prove my worth. Mm -hmm. So Dave went to uh, this person he hadn't met. And after a while, they go, wow, looks like there's some rapport. I'll work for free. So, so one of the things I'm sure you did was just, you know, just does it seem like this is a trustworthy person? Mm -hmm. Does it seem like this person is is likely gonna, you know, uh, anytime I'm gonna give away something for free, I want to make sure that they likely can, they're gonna reciprocate it. For sure. Yeah. Any, any signs there? Like, would that be accurate? Yeah, and I think you know when we did that podcast, the, the built to sell podcast, you know, kind of John was asking the same thing. Like, you know, it seems like kind of going out on a limb a little bit, right? But I think there, you know, Trevor and I both had that. Like, we had a couple conversations. Um, turned out, like, he was coming with his family up to like Niagara Falls or something. I said, "Hey, I'm in Toronto. I'll just drive down and like meet with you." He's he's based out in Wisconsin. Awesome. Um, and so we got together, and it's just like there was just like some kind of trust there. Like, we just got along. Um, we were. He's like, you know. Kind of like you know, trustworthy Midwest guy. I'm a yes. Canadian. You know, it's like very sh was, shared values. You yeah, bet. There's kind of that, and I think we just trusted each other. And I think um, the other thing that I learned is that you know, I think this is super important because I haven't been like I would call it burned in the past, but it's been it's got to the point where there's been some like kind of awkward situations where you kind of get into something and then you're like, well, we didn't talk about this beforehand, but like we're into it now, and it's like there's something to lose. So before we did anything, I go, Trevor, before we do anything, this is what I want to happen if this works out. Yes. And he's, and we yeah, negotiated a little bit, but we came up with an agreement. And then when we actually did have like a real business and it was worth something, we didn't have to sit down and go, okay, now how do we split the pie? Right. Which is huge. And that's yeah. really, that's really important. Yeah. It's like, okay, you know, I make up, is it 30%? Is it 40% guy with the idea likely would, and he's already built this software and the systems and stuff. So it's like, what would that number be? But let's agree to it. So then later on, all of a sudden we're splitting real money. Right now we're splitting the concept of real money. It's way easier to do. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
yeah, are arguing over five or you know negotiating five percent upfront when it's worth zero is a lot easier than negotiating when it's worth a potentially billions. This is a lot of money, <laughs> which it, which again it was. Uh, so so yeah, which is super cool. Um, so just in terms of. All, Libsyn. Tell us about Libsyn and 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 the purchase, etc. Yeah. So as as I mentioned, so advertise cast. What we did is we did advertising for podcasts. You know, as the name as, as the name may suggest, it's really advertisers on one side, podcasters on the other. Connect the dots. Um, the business model is if we make a ten thousand dollar sale, you know, we facilitate everything through our platform. We keep thirty percent, and you know, we have a team of salespeople and operations people that really keep the keep the wheels turning. Libsyn is a podcast hosting company. So this podcast that you're listening to, it's hosted somewhere. On Libsyn. Oh, there you go. Perfect. I didn't even actually didn't realize That's, right. That's great. <laughs> um, and when Chris is finished here, his team's going to put that on Libsyn. That is what distributes it out to all of the players, you know, Apple, Spotify, Overcast, you know, whatever you're using to consume this podcast. And there's a lot to it. Um, it's a, you know, it's a pretty um, robust technology. Um, and Libsyn was one of the first ones. They've been around for just over uh, 18 years now. And they had a really great business. And it was, you know, recurring revenue, profitable company. But what's happened in the hosting space is that it's like kind of getting a little bit more commoditized. It's, you know, there's some free options out there. Um, and and really, they kind of saw in the, into the future and said, look, if we want to keep being successful in this podcast industry, we got to kind of diversify and maybe get into advertising. Um, and it turned out that when we had some conversations with them, kind of our vision was the same in terms of, you know, not to get too deep into it, but there's some players in the podcast space that are trying to essentially like put up some walls where it's like, hey, this like prime example, hey, Joe Rogan is now only available on Spotify, yes. right? Exclusive. Libsyn and Advertise Cast and a few players in the industry are more of the mindset that it should be an open marketplace where you can listen to podcasts wherever. You've got that RSS feed that distributes it. Um, and we had the same vision. Um, and it really came down to, you know, they said, hey, we're super interested. We had a couple other interested parties. Without getting into too much detail, if you really want the story, you can listen to that Built to Sell podcast. It was a real roller coaster. It was during COVID. Yeah. We had a deal. We didn't have a deal. We had another deal, fell apart over the Christmas holidays one year. We talked to the Libsyn team again. They were still interested. You know, they came to the table with a great offer, and essentially, we we closed the deal with them in uh, June of 2021. Um, so, as of as of right now, we're recording this. It's been what a uh, year and a half, uh, coming up on two years in June this year. So we're you know just sh- just shy of two years. It's it's March right now. So and it's been great. People ask usually, hey, you know, how was the acquisition? Was it a big nightmare? Like this has been better than we could have hoped, which is you know I think. Uh, some somewhat unique. I don't know what the percentage is, but there's a lot. There's a lot of people right here. They're like, "Oh man, this has been terrible." Yeah, um, it's been interesting, and I think the reason why is that I'm actually learning, you know, a bunch of new stuff. Bigger company. Um, there's you know some complicated like financial stuff behind the scenes that I'm a little bit involved with. We've acquired another business along the way, so like I've been on the other side of the on the other side of the equation now as the acquirer, not necessarily just the acquiree. Uh, and the company's, you know, doing well and growing and the industries is super interesting, right? There's a lot of stuff going on in podcasts and it's been, it's been fun. I think another, another part of it is a lot of times someone sells to exit. Mm-hmm. So when you sell to exit, it becomes much more of a, 
And then I'm going to grind you down on every possible thing to sort of not pay you because it's not a long-term relationship. It's also a lot of times, again, who does these acquisitions are the bean counters. Nothing wrong with bean counters. Yeah. They're going to help keep more of your beans. <laughs> so there's a lot of times a aggressive, you know, trying to trying to gain every point to maximize your profit. And there is no long-term relationship where they came in with you saying, we're going to go build this together. Yeah, exactly. And there's this other, other big opportunity. So if, if there's all sorts of struggle to get your money or to figure out a deal, no, we wrote this. Why won't you just do this? Yeah. Then you know that the relationship is going to go nowhere long-term because, but there's a big win for them and you on the other side of the transaction. Yeah, for sure. And and one of the aspects of our transaction is that, you know, Trevor and I kept a good amount of our, you know, uh, of our payout in Libsyn stock. So, you know, we're incentivized to basically, you know, take this company to the next level. And we really, you know, we're, like I said, we're learning a lot and we're enjoying it. So it's, uh, it's been good. Hey, leaders, I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, Every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Now back to the episode. So what's the advantage of the strategy of you know, the Joe Rogan strategy or uh, the Spotify strategy having exclusively versus your strategy? Like what's what's the advantage and disadvantage? Yeah, I think, um, you know, what they've, there's been some studies on some of these podcasts that have gone exclusive essentially to Spotify or Amazon or, or such. And really the strategy there for, for those types of deals is that, you know, Spotify wants to bring on Joe Rogan um, exclusively, not because they think they can make you know a hundred million dollars a year in advertising dollars, but it's because they want people that don't use Spotify to go sign up for Spotify, sign up for a paid account, and drive subscribers. So that model is quite a bit different from what we do, which is basically we have shows, we sell ads against that content, um, and we and we make money that way. And so what's happened with a lot of those shows that have gone exclusive, and I know like specifically for my own use, like there's a couple of shows where I used to listen to it. Now I got to go somewhere specifically to listen and I just don't listen anymore. Or maybe I listen a lot less, right? So when you kind of put those things behind um, a specific app or maybe a paywall, it tends to bring down the audience of those shows. So yes, they're getting paid, but they're also kind of giving up some of their influence. And kind of our belief is that by having an open ecosystem where you can listen to a podcast anywhere on any on any platform, you know, it kind of keeps their audience, you know, maximized and they can continue to grow that audience. And there's a lot of benefit to that. And, uh, you know, we're kind of betting on the combination of we've got great technology. We've got a great team that sells, you know, advertising against these shows. And there's been some shows, for example, that went 
to one of those platforms and they came back to somebody like us and said, hey, you know, we want to do this again, kind of in the open ecosystem, which is cool. Yeah. Well, the other thing as well is all those those shows are have a have a time limit. You don't get to buy Joe Rogan or Bill Simmons forever. Yeah. So there's a time limit. And then when will that release? And then what will they choose to do? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it'll be interesting over the next couple of years, I think. It'll be, sure. yeah. So obviously I know which way you're hoping for. So, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, so, and so tell me about, about Lisbon and what you're hoping to create, what, what you're working on right now. What are the challenges, Dave, uh, you know, in, in sort of growing, growing the business? Yeah. I mean, I think the, you know, what we're looking to create is we are looking to be the best podcast company in the industry. And that's, that, that comes in a couple of, a couple of facets. Number one is we want to be the best company to work with. We want to have the best technology products. Um, and frankly, we want to be the most profitable, you know, company in the space. And, and one of the, I think, unique aspects of when Libsyn acquired our business is that they were profitable and we were profitable. Um, one of the things that we weren't super excited about was seeing some of these companies that were interested in us, but they're like, yeah, we're losing, you know, $10 million a quarter, but like, don't worry, we'll get there. And we're like, eh, it's a little bit worrisome. Like, Trevor and I have always been like bootstrappers, you know, kind of like scrappy entrepreneurs who want to make a profit. And it's crazy to say, but that's kind of not all that, that's kind of all not, not all that common, you know, it is, in, yes. in, specifically in the tech space for sure. Like, I think if you looked around the podcast world right now, you know, if you look at pure podcast companies, like there's a lot of companies that are in radio that do some podcasting and that type of thing, but pure podcast companies, there's probably two companies that are profitable, us and one other. Um, everybody else is kind of burning cash and hoping at some point they're going to turn the corner. But especially in today's economy, like I don't want to bet on that. Like I'd rather be, be profitable and sustainable. And we think there's going to be over the next, you know, call it 12 months or so, there's going to be some attrition and maybe there's going to be some companies that aren't doing so hot. And we're going to be sitting here going, all right, we're still here. We're still profitable. Like, let's, let's do this. Right. Let's acquire. And, and yeah, there's been a massive, massive turnaround in the tech industry. Why there's, there's been all these layoffs is because the cost of money has gone up tremendously. So if you're losing money, that changes your business model. But for Dave, your business just got more valuable because you're more profitable. You know, whether that, whether that is reflected in your stock price yet, you know, that you're not looking to sell it tomorrow. So you're, you're looking to, as a long-term play. Yeah. No, that's, that's exciting. And so, so Dave, what's different now, you know, with the scale of your business and how's it feel to go to work and et cetera? Yeah. I think the key thing now, which is the big difference for me, well, there's a couple, but the notable ones are, you know, previously Trevor and I were kind of our own bosses. It's like, Hey, you know, every year we'd sit down at the beginning of the year and say, Hey, I think we can do, you know, X amount of millions of dollars this year and pretty rough business plan. Like if there's one thing I've learned, it's like, you can only project, you know, so much in business, like things happen that you don't realize you might do way better or a little bit worse or whatever, but having that plan is important. But now we're putting a plan together and it's like, we're being held to, we're being held to that plan. Like we have an executive team, we have a board of directors and, you know, all that kind of stuff is something that's totally new to me. Um, that's a whole new structure. And it's it's been really interesting. Like the board has been super helpful. You know, we have some great board members where it's like, you know, hey, I'm trying to work a deal with cert- certain advertising agency, but like I don't have a contact there. Hey, we have a board member that used to be on the the whole like one of these industry councils that you can open up that door. So that's pretty interesting and been pretty unique. And I think the other key thing for me is, and this is like, you know, uh, I still kind of stay in touch with Mark Cox. 
Um, because now, you know, I'm not doing sales anymore. Like I'm, I'm more of a, more of an, of a coach and an enabler for, you know, for the team. Like technically my title's chief revenue officer. I mean, what am I doing all day? I'm, I'm talking to the sales team members. I think our sales team now is a dozen people or so. Um, we now actually also, so we haven't acquired two companies since then. We acquired another company that had a good sales organization that we folded into our team. We actually acquired a company that's based in Germany that basically does what we do in Germany. And so now I'm like, you know, basically trying to, again, keep things in motion, help people, you know, be successful, um, you know, set goals, figure out how we can reach those goals. And now it's like, we're planning on a monthly basis. Hey, what's your, what's your target for the year? Where are we at monthly? So it's really, you know, for me is looking towards how do I become a better, you know, enabler, better coach, um, better leader, as opposed to like, how do I close the next deal, you know, on the phone with somebody. Well, that's neat. And, and so one of the things I, I see as well is you're still learning a whole lot and that as as the business got bigger, there's mm-hmm. more people who you can learn from. And that's an exciting thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, I think, you know, I, I kind of look back as to like, I think I'm a person where like, I'm never going to do the same thing for, you know, 20 years or 30 years in, in my career. I think I have these like windows of like five to seven years where I'm like, I want to do something. Literally, I want to come in. I want to know nothing about it, figure it all out and get to the point where, you know, this happened in my last company. It's like when I felt like I was not learning anything anymore, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to move on. Like, I don't want to be the smartest guy in the room. (laughs) Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, that's not, that's not something that's comfortable. But for me, like when Trevor and I started this company, we knew nothing. Like people people would hit us up and they'd go, all right, sounds good. You know, they ask all these questions. I answer them to the best of my knowledge. And sometimes I go, you know what? I'm not quite sure. Let me look into that. I'll get back to you. And then we have somebody go, all right, Dave, looks good. Send me over an IO. And I go, all right, perfect. And then I get off the phone and I'm Googling like, you know, what is an IO, right? Um, So it's like, that's, for me, that's exciting. And you're learning things and, you know, you're kind of like figuring it out as you go. Um, And right now I'm kind of in that phase too. We're learning a ton of stuff still. And until that, stops, you know, I'll definitely remain engaged and remain interested in, in what we're doing here. Yeah. No. And and that's actually something that I've heard maybe on our podcast you talk to or in Built to Last is the whole idea of being humble enough mm-hmm. to sort of be aware of what you don't know and, and just say, oh, I'm not exactly sure. And that doesn't just work as a student running a student business as Dave did, you know, decades ago, but it also works at our age saying, I'm not sure what you mean by that. You know, oh, gee, I, I can't comment. I'll, I'll get some more information and get back to you. People have confidence because this person isn't just willing to give me a give me an answer, give me a number, which mm-hmm. is untrue. It's 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 funny because it sounds so it sounds so overly simplified, but so many people don't. You know, so many people don't follow it. Is yes. As soon as you tell somebody, you know what? I don't know. I'm gonna have to look look into that. Then every you just built instant credibility, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So any, any um, last, last question or is when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what do you think of Dave? Oh, geez. I mean, the thing that I always go back to Chris, and it's like, you know, when I think back to my student works days, I think of, you know, it's, is it the, yeah, the referability habits? It's the four referability habits. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that's something where, when someone asks me, like, so I talk to some like younger people, like in school, or they're getting get started up, and they go, like, you know, how, you know, how do I be successful? And it comes back to that, right? And it's it, again, it sounds simple, you know, but hard to <laughs> hard to do, right? 
Hard, hard to do. Yeah. Sounds simple. And Dave was on time for our podcast. So David, thank you so much for coming on the Leaders of Tomorrow again. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Chris. Good to, always, always great to catch up and uh, happy to do this anytime. Fantastic. Okay. Hey, continued success and uh, excited to see uh, Libsyn grow and grow and grow. Uh, so, and, and, and I'd love to hear about what's happening. I'll be watching, you know, just the, the how the two different strategies work out over time. Yeah, it sounds good. I'll keep you in the loop. <laughs> okay. Take care, David. Bye-bye. Thanks, Chris. David, uh, David Hanley, welcome to our podcast. And I thank so much for spending some time this morning with us and, uh, and, and to share and uh, about your experiences with the Student Works program. I know you did it a number of years ago. Uh, and, uh, and so, so when, you, when you think back uh, to that time, uh, you know, at Wilfrid Laurier, um, I, 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 as I recall, you're in the business program. What, what, what were you thinking, like making the decision to become an entrepreneur? What, you know, what, what, what were you thinking? Yeah, it was actually, um, it was interesting because when I came into university, I had this strange notion that I was going to go into accounting. Um, and then I met a couple of, uh, met a couple of, of guys um, through, a pro through actually an entrepreneurship program um, that was kind of a, you know, a student club and they were doing some small ventures. Um, and essentially became friends with those guys. And it, it really shifted my mindset um, in terms of, you know, I think um, one of the, one of the ex student works guys that uh, Jeremy O'Krafka once told me, you know, it was uh, this group's motto was join us now or work for us later. <laughs> um, you know, it was one of those things that kind of really, you know, kind of really, you know, um, caught on with me. And I thought, well, that there's something, there's gotta be something to that. Um, so started kind of hanging out with this, this group. And, you know, came upon the student works opportunity. And it was definitely something where, you know, I had done, I think, one co-op term at, you know, a large company. And it very quickly became evident that eh, I don't think this is quite for me, you know, working, you know, working in a, in a big company. Yeah. Um, and, and I think student works was a kind of my first foray into doing, you know, something for myself. Right. It was, uh, you know, it was a, a great summer and uh, fond memories all around. <laughs> yeah, no, and I know before our podcast got started, we were just chatting. I, I know you really are very connected with a with a whole group of our, our past alumni. Maybe you could reflect on that for us, David. Yeah, I would say one of the, the big things that I took out, out of the program was not only, you know, connections in terms of, you know, potential partnerships and professional relationships, but you know, some of the uh, the people that I met in the program are still some of my best friends, you know, even to today. You know, Chris and I were just chatting before the, the podcast here about, um, you know, I'm meeting up with a, a few of the fellows in a couple of weeks and we're doing our annual little get together. And um, it's, you know, one of those things that's, you know, one of the biggest things I took from the program is really great friends. Um, and it, I think it comes from, um, you know, a lot of like-minded people in the, in the program. So people that are really ambitious um, you know, and, uh, you know, just hanging out together, talking about, you know, different challenges that we're having when we're actually, you know, running our student works, uh, businesses and, um, you know, even just from the social aspects as well. Well, that's great. And, and so, so, you know, post, post student works, um, as I understand it, you got into sort of the, the, the insurance space. You know, maybe you could just describe, you know, what 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 that was like. I, I know you eventually launched two businesses in the insurance space, and uh, maybe you can you can share with us, uh, you know, what you did there, David. Sure. Yeah. It's actually um, coincidentally, um, it was in a in a roundabout way where you know one of my friends that I met through this entrepreneurship group 
um, that was a student works, uh, you know, uh, person as well. Um, I met somebody else and essentially I got connected with somebody, um, a fellow named Terry who was starting a software company. And this was, you know, when I was in, you know, third year, um, at, at Wilfrid Laurier started actually just kind of, you know, working on him with some different projects, um, actually did a, a, a co-op term, um, you know, with him as he was kind of starting up this business. Uh, and eventually when I graduated, I actually, you know, kind of became his, um, you know, his partner, right-hand man type of thing. And we grew that business from, you know, when I, when I started with him, probably uh, half a dozen people um, at the peak, we were probably up to about 120 employees, um, you know, doing some significant, um, doing some significant business. Um, and that was in kind of enterprise software uh, for insurance companies. Essentially, was that business. Um, subsequent to that, I actually spun out with um, you know a couple of the other people in that company, and we actually um, kind of started a, a spin-off business. Um, that other company is actually still you know alive and well today. Um, and the spin-off business we started up was similar insurance company software. Um, but it was a very niche area for uh, actually risk management, uh, something called loss control, which is essentially inspections that insurance companies do. Um, and, it, and we started that, you know, started that business and, and essentially grew that one again, you know, pretty su substantially. Um, we learned a lot of things from the first go around um, and, you know, applied that to the second business and, and grew that to a really, really nice business until, um, you know, maybe one of my uh, personal flaws. I just got kind of bored with it um, in uh, in 2016, uh, and I actually exited that that company at that time to kind of pursue something different. And at the time, I didn't really know what it was going to be, but um, it was uh, you know just a, a time in my life where I felt like it was time to do something something different. Right, right. Well, no, that's well, that's that's uh, that's fun. I, actually, I was just chatting uh, with with somebody you recruited into that firm, Ryan Nagy. Um, yep. Yeah, and, and he was sort of sharing a little bit. Maybe you could share about Ryan. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as we were growing, um, you know, that that second business there, one of the things I was always, I'm literally always on the lookout for is, is really good people. Um, and it was a case where, I can't remember exactly how it happened, but I think, Chris, I might have connected with you and said, hey, we're looking for yeah, you know, some that. people that, of this profile, um, you know, real go-getters. Because when, when you have a company that's, you know, going through that growth phase of say, I think we were around maybe 15 people and, and kind of, I, I always feel like that's another level taking it from like a 15 to a 30 person business. Um, you need people who are a little bit of a jack of all trades, have that, you know, kind of really go getter mentality, um, almost like a, you know, an entrepreneur that if you say, Hey, we need you over here to do this. They can, you know, figure it out and get it done. And then you switch gears, you know, two weeks later and they can get right. that. Done. <laughs> um, and Ryan, you know, seemed to fit the bill and, and he came in and he was fantastic and he's still with that business today and he's worked his way up, you know, really quickly. Um, he's basically a, you know, kind of a manager now of one of the teams. So, yeah, no, that's what he was, fantastic. that's what he was telling me. Yeah, I know he's, he spoke really highly of the experience and experience with you, et cetera. So, so that's, yeah. uh, that's awesome. And now you've jumped completely out of the insurance space into the podcast <laughs> industry. I was so, I, I was like, oh, wow, we're launching a podcast. Yeah. we got to talk to David. Exactly. So, so basically when I had, um, kind of exited that company in, in late 2016. Um, I decided I was going to kind of try to take some time off. Um, so my 
my wife and I traveled down to uh, Charleston, South Carolina, which is just a place we've always always really enjoyed. Um, and we kind of spent a couple months, you know, you know, just hanging out. While she, she was she was doing more of the hangout. I was sitting there spinning my gears trying to figure out what I was going to do next. Um, and uh, you know, essentially during that time, I was listening to a lot of podcasts. And it was just one of those things where I was listening to podcasts to just hear different ideas, hear from different people what they were doing. Um, kind of like personal development type of stuff. And I started to really, you know, hear, you know, hey, there's advertisements going on in here. And I started to explore, you know, that whole concept and the concept of, you know, somebody putting together a podcast, um, kind of building a business out of it, having an audience and essentially monetizing that became kind of really attractive to me. Um, and, you know, several months uh, later, I started thinking about this idea of, you know, kind of a marketplace where, you know, takes the podcast, links them up with advertisers and, um, you're kind of doing the, you know, connecting of the dots there. Um, and I did some research, found out there was somebody that had already, you know, kind of started this, this concept, um, mm -hmm. linked up with a fellow named Trevor, who is now my business partner, phenomenal guy. Um, and we've basically taken, you know, what he had just started at the time and grown it into, you know, a pretty substantial business over the last about, you know, year and a half. And, um, now we've got a team of about seven people. Uh, kind of scattered all over the country here and um, you know it's it's a lot of fun you know a lot different from the business that I had run previously or the businesses that I had you know worked in previously and uh, you know something different every day which I, I absolutely love yeah so so what skill sets were transferable from those first two businesses to this because it seems like a total total jump over the fence type of activity yeah absolutely I think um what really, you know, when, when Trevor had started this business, the, the big missing link here was um, essentially sales. Okay. Um, and that's something that when I look back to, again, starting university going, hey, I'm going to become an accountant for whatever reason, um, <laughs> sales had not even been on my radar. Right. But through the entrepreneurship group, you know, through student works and actually getting out and, you know, literally banging on doors and, you know, the winter to try to generate some business for the, yeah. you know, the coming, the coming summer, you know, that's when for me, um, it became, you know, very evident that sales is really, really important, yeah. um, in any business. And that's essentially what, you know, really, I think, um, brought me a lot of success in my last two businesses was really having that sales focus, mm -hmm. um, because you can have the best product in the world. Um, if you don't know how to sell it, then, you know, you're not going to get out of the market. And you're not going to be successful. Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's something that, you know, I've, you know, I've essentially, you know, I've, I've spent my career kind of building businesses, but it's really been sales focused. You know, yeah. that's kind of what I do you know, every day, you know, beyond all the other administrative stuff and, you know, whatnot that you need to run a company. Sales is, is really the key thing. And, and that's one of those things that, Definitely, I honed, you know, during student, during my student works days. Um, and I think just a lot of the other pieces where, um, you know, and when you think to, when we were talking about Ryan and the skills that he brought to my last business, and I started to think about some of the things that I took from student works that helped me out early in my career, you know, it's that kind of adaptability. It's, you know, you never kind of know what's going to happen next. And you're just, you kind of have this instinct from, you know, running a business where when somebody puts you into a situation, you can kind of, figure it out and, and, and really use a lot of common sense to figure out how to get yourself out of it and, and have a good outcome. And that's what helped me with things like sales and project management. You know, one of the things that I, I always remember, and I actually use this, this, uh, 
this analogy even today when I'm talking to somebody about you know sales and you know kind of managing expectations with your client it's right back to like the first day of training I think when we were actually like you know we're out painting and, and figuring out you know how to actually paint um, it was it was never tell a client this is going to look as good as new when you're done. Yes. Yeah. Because it's not, you know, <laughs> so right. it's, it's not new. It's not going to look as good as new. Um, so never use that phrase. And it really, really stuck with me because it's all about managing expectations. And when you get to something like software or something of that nature and a client says, when is this going to be done? And obviously you want to help the, you want to make the client, you know, happy. You want to help them out any way you can, but you're not doing yourself any favors. If you go, you're going to have it, you know, 9am tomorrow. If you, yeah believe you know deep down inside that that's going to be a real stretch you know give yourself a little more time manage the expectations and then even if you have to give yourself a little bit more room and say look i'm going to have it to you instead of by 9 a.m tomorrow i'm going to have it by the end of the day if you have it to them by noon they're going to be super happy yes you tell them nine o'clock and you have it by 10 after nine you just blew through that you know that uh, that promise and they're not going to be happy so that's something that even to this day you know i've always kind of you know thought back to well, it's, it really is interesting, David. So many of these things are just like basic or fundamental or critical. And then no matter what business we're doing, you know, again, you know, your, your business is right across the nation, uh, right, right, right across North America. And, and it's the same stuff that we're doing when we're going door to door in Waterloo. Right. <laughs> you know, it's the same, same sort of basic, uh, you know, uh, and one of our, one of our commandments is, is, is expectations management, setting great expectations. And, and again, it's just so critical to, uh, to be able to deliver a consistent result. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that I always say, you know, and, and probably since I started, you know, in, in business, not even including the, you know, the people that I've hired through, you know, <laughs> through student works, I've hired. <laughs> You know, I've probably hired more than a hundred people. Right. Um, and when you, it's tough to tell when you're hiring somebody, you can get a good feeling for it. But when you yeah. put them, you know, on the job, in the room with a client, you can immediately tell if somebody has that instinct where, you know, they can kind of read the room, figure things out, you know, say the right thing, manage expectations. And I got to tell you, you know, that is not a skill that most people have. Yeah. Yeah, it's the five or ten percent. But anybody that I've you know worked with that actually has you know worked in student works um, or yeah, say run any of their of, of any business on their own, you know, for example, they tend to you know have that. Um, and it's a skill that it's it's really hard to teach unless you actually get out there and you know, run a business and get slapped in the face a couple times, <laughs> knocked down, and dust yourself back up, and, you know, figure it out. Are you enjoying the episode so far? I'm sure you've heard the saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. I've always thought that saying was inaccurate. I believe more accurately, it's who you know who think highly of you and would be willing to refer you. I wanted to let you know, I put together an amazing package for you. The four referability habits advantage. These habits are so powerful that when followed, they completely change the game for people and allow them to operate on a whole other level. If you're interested in getting your hands on the four referability habits advantage, just jump over to www.leaderspodcast.ca slash habits and download it for free. These habits will help you gain the respect of everyone you deal with so that you can land those important referrals in your life and business. Once again, 
just go to www.leaderspodcast.ca and download the Four Referability Habits Advantage. Now, back to our Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Yeah, and, and, and also are hanging around, like, you know, the smart people that we've had the opportunity to hang around with, right? And for sure. get it, right? Like, and I know for me, it's like I was doing, you know, I, I had weaknesses, they showed up, and then mm-hmm. I'd ask people who were doing it, what are you doing there? I go, oh, that's a way better yeah. response than I have, right? So, so yeah. having that opportunity is so valuable. Exactly. And then, you know, it, it, it comes back down to, you know, that, that network. But, you know, the nice thing about the, the student works program is every couple of weeks you get together, you know, you have a keg or whatever you're doing for the social and you're just chatting and you're going, man, you know, I got killed last week on this. And this one goes, oh, man, me too. You know, I, I tried this and, you know, this actually worked a lot better. And yes, maybe do this next time. And it's like you're just learning, you know, all the time. And one of the things that it actually really helps you to do is, it's a very informal setting and everybody's kind of on the same, you know, on the same level. So what really helped me, I think, going into my, into my career was you never act like you know everything because most people, frankly, they do. They go, hey, have you ever, have you ever, you know, someone will say, Hey, do you, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they go, oh, yeah, I know that. And then they, they're really afraid to say they don't know or that, yes. you know, they go, actually, I don't know that, you know, enlighten me. Um, so that's one thing that I've always, you know, been really, really open with people is they go, you know, what, uh, how about this? And you go, I don't really know that. You know, can you, can you tell me about that? Or, yeah. um, and that's something that is, a, it's very rare actually, which is kind of strange, but I think part of it goes back to that whole, you know, having that peer group and bouncing things off one another and nobody's judging anybody or just going, yeah. you're just laugh, having laughs. Oh man, this client screamed at me last week because I did this and, <laughs> and that was really stupid. And, you know, everybody's just kind of having a good, good time over it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny because, because again, you would think that humility like, I don't know this, right? That's really that comes from, I guess maybe, maybe because it's a sense of confidence that I have to have, have in myself that it's okay not to know something. And certainly we coach that. I don't know. I, I can go find out and, you know, or we can't do that. And, and, but, but because the reality is, is that if you say, you know, something and you don't know it, someone can find out pretty fast, right? Like they, yeah, exactly. they, they, then they, they, they're, they're the, they're really knowledgeable about They're drilling you down on questions and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm flaming out. Yeah. So yeah, it's just, exactly. it's okay not to know stuff. And there's so much to know in this world. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I struggle with, uh, with knowing how to work all this, uh, this uh, podcast. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that's what I'm yeah. struggling with, Dave. But, but yeah. setbacks, like, I know one of the things that, that, that so often is, a, is a part of, of being an entrepreneur is dealing with, with big setbacks, big challenges, you know, uh, failures. What about you, Dave? Are there, I, I know we've talked about your successes. What about some setbacks to share with our, our young emerging leaders? Oh, sure. I mean, that's something that, you know, comes with the territory of, you know, doing something different and, and going out on your own and, and running a business. And, you know, um, I mentioned in that, that, that first business, the enterprise software company, like we took a pretty big growth, um, you know, spurt from mm-hmm. half a dozen people to a hundred and, you know, 20 people. And, um, the challenge with that business, it was a lot of like very large eggs in the basket. So we had clients paying us, you know, several million dollars a year. Right. Um, but not that many of them, right. Because you can only have, you know, so many clients, um, that are that large. And, you know, we hit some bumps in the road and, you know, we went through a, a, a period where, you know, we had to pare back our staff to, you know, a significantly lower number than that. 
yeah. then that was something that I had a, you know, had a, a, a hand in is actually sitting down with people and going, Hey, you know, we have to, you know, kind of downsize. And, um, it, I think that's never easy, but you know, when you do get very early in your career, you know, in a student works experience where you actually have to hire and fire and you know, do those types of things and manage, I mean, it, it, it really does help you out in, um, you know, in your career. And this was, I mean, what I'm talking about, I was probably mm, 25 at the time when I was doing wow. this. Wow. So, you know, and it was people significantly older than me. Um, so definitely that's something that it's, it's never easy, but when you can get exposed to kind of like management leadership, you know, mm -hmm. when you're literally in your you know, teens or early twenties with, with the student works type of scenario, I mean, that's a really, really good thing. Wow. And, and frankly as well, like I, I know, I'm sure, um, you know, seeing it from, you know, a decade or a couple of decades from then it's, it's, it's easier to see it with a lot more clarity where at the time, probably you felt like, Hey, is the business at risk? We just lost these major oh, yeah. clients. Will we be able to see any? Like that's really quite traumatic, frankly. I'm sure lots of sleepless nights. Oh yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not, it's never easy, but, um, you know, one thing that's always a challenge in business and, you know, anybody who's running their own company and building a business will tell you is, um, it's really tough not to take things personally, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's it's something even today that I you know that I struggle with. <laughs> you know, Me too. Me some, too. you lose a deal or a client says something that's you know totally out of line, and you kind of get offended because you know it's it's your business and you know and you're you're you are personally invested into it. Um, but you do you have to kind of you know take a breath, take a step back, and go, okay, you know we're doing the right things here, so let's just continue on and. You know, kind of, kind of get the job done, and not everybody's going to be on board, not everybody's going to get it, but yeah, you know, that's part of it. And again, part of that goes back to you're building, you know, you're kind of building up that thick skin when you're going around door to door. You know, yeah. some people's garage door needs to get painted in the spring, and they slam, they slam the door in your face, right? <laughs> but then you go, you know, to the next door, the next door, the next door, and someone says, "Hey, you know what? I've been thinking about this. You know, here you go, and you get a contract for you know five thousand dollars, and you're yeah, you know, makes it all worthwhile." Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, and 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 it's it's like you said, it's 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 uh, you know, I admit as well, David, that I'm very sensitive as well at times, and 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 at times it's like, okay, hey, I just roll through the punches and, and totally get it. And at times it, they really sting and they really hurt. And, uh, and again, it's great when, um, I have, I have, I have friends and peers and that, that, that support me. And, and it's something, you know, if, if I'm feeling, you know, edgy, I've got people to talk to. Yeah. That's important. <laughs> yeah. So, so if you were, you know, uh, you know, counseling or coaching, uh, a young emerging leader sort of looking out into their future. What, what sort of things would, would maybe you point out or share to them uh, about, about how to be looking at things? Yeah, I think, um, you know, one of the big things I would, I would recommend is, you know, um, you definitely have to, it's really tough to learn, you know, the types of things that you really, really need to succeed in business by reading a textbook, going yeah. to, you know, going to a lecture, right. um, you really have to get out there, do things, you know, get burned a couple times, um, experience real challenges. Um, and I think the big thing that a lot of people don't realize when they, they want to, you know, let's say they, they have that drive to potentially start their own business or, or grow their grow a business. 
that they don't realize how important sales is um, because people don't really want to be associated with sales a lot of times. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, sleazy used car salesman or something like that. But, you know, let's be honest, really the only number that matters in business, well, one of the numbers that matters a lot in business, obviously expenses matter, but, um, you know, the revenue, you got to have revenue coming in to, to build and to grow a business. And that's a hundred percent, you know, in the control of the salesperson. Um, and usually when you're growing and starting a business, you are the only salesperson when you're the, the founder. Yeah. Um, so I would say that's a, a key skill. And, um, you can't underestimate that enough and you need experience and you need to, you need to go out there you can't just learn it by, you know, by reading or, or taking a class. You need to go out there and actually do it. Um, yeah. And I think the earlier in your career you can do that, the better. Yeah, no, well, we're certainly aligned on that. And I know as well that, that, uh, that people, people regularly don't understand. And I think one of the reasons, David, is because they do look at that used car salesman as mm -hmm. quote unquote the best, you know, or, or salespeople will really know the vice president, their key role is sales a lot of times, you know, yeah. or vice president of certain divisions or, you know, executive VP business development. What's that? Best sales guy, you know, <laughs> or CEO <laughs> yeah. salesperson, you know, so it's, 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 uh, you know, again, as you, you mentioned, Hey, in your roles, the founder of the businesses, your role was always sales, you know, the key, the key role that drove the business. And I, I think a lot of times people don't see that president key role. So yeah. Drive it. <laughs> exactly. You know, <laughs> you know, top, top influencer, you know, so, um, and then, so one, one final question is, is you talked about, you know, obviously, you know, you graduated from business school, you know, you're, you're, you're a bright guy, but what have you done to keep learning to pers for, for personal development as you've gone on through the years? Well, I've listened to a lot of podcasts, that's for sure. <laughs> I, I mean, I continue, I continue to do that today. And, um, not only just in, you know, say like business or sales or, you know, on different interviews with different entrepreneurs, but a lot of different areas. So you know, just kind of exposing myself to different things that to um, kind of open your mind up to different ideas, right? Yeah. So maybe it's, you know, a history podcast or maybe yeah. it's, you know, whatever. So that's just so, there's just so much, right? There's, they say there's more than 550,000 active podcasts out there. So there's just so much information <laughs> that's waiting, you know, <laughs> waiting for consumption. Um, but also it's just, you know, um, it's keeping a really, really, good network, um, never being afraid to ask for help. Yeah. Um, coincidentally, you know, one of the things that, um, one of the things that happened, which was so funny, um, was when, when I was running that, that second business, um, uh, a fellow reached out to us and he says, Hey, I'm a sales coach and consultant. And, you know, me and my business partner were like, yeah, come on, we don't have to sell, right? Get out of here, buddy. Um, so this guy comes in. A guy by the name of Mark Cox, who turns out is a former student works guy, and you know, speaking with him this afternoon, friends with Chris, and immediately when this guy starts talking to us, I go, I can learn a lot from this guy, you know. And it's one of those things where, admit, like, always being open to learning and never trying to admit that you know everything. Yeah. Because you're trying to like you know protect your ego or something. Yeah. Immediately we were like. This guy is going to help us absolutely kill it. And we went, I think the one, the, the year that we met Mark, I think our new business was probably, you know, it was a recurring revenue type of business, but I think our new business that year was probably somewhere around five to 600,000. And the next year, I think we did 1.8 million. So it was wow. like significant. 
um, and just, you know, learning and, you know, asking questions and, you know, never being afraid to go, Hey Mark, like we hit this scenario. We have no idea what to do. Like, what would you do? What do you think? Right. Um, and having that coach and, you know, constantly looking for people as you kind of, you know, progress your, your career and progress your knowledge that are always going to help you, you know, take things to the next level is I think huge. And, uh, Mark's a great guy and, you know, I, I continue to stay in touch with him today and actually, you know, uh, love what he does. And, um, you know, it's just so funny that he was a former student, <laughs> student works yeah. guy as well. <laughs> well, it's funny because I noticed you guys somehow, I saw maybe on LinkedIn that you guys were connected somehow. I go, oh my yeah. gosh, I, you know, that's fantastic. Well, but, small world. There's a lot of us running around out there. Yeah. <laughs> and and what's, what's great as well is, is that, again, you know, your quote unquote, a sales guy, like that's one of the real strengths you have, right? And then again, owning that, hey, I don't know it all in this area. Although, hey, obviously you're super, supremely gifted, et cetera. But I, and I've seen what he's doing. I'm actually really excited to understand, hey, what, 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 what things could he go and help us with? And I know he'll yeah. be totally willing to, to do so. Um, you know, and that's one of the great things about our program is our programs continued. Um, at Student Works, we continue to improve it because we go and talk to great guys who are and 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 you know great guys and girls, great past operators who are who are really doing well and and take all the best learning in and sort of there yeah. are things that we can take in to improve our our, our model. Yeah, and that's definitely one of the things that you know I, I thought was fantastic with the Student Works program is that you'd be sitting in the training and you'd have previous you know people that are now like my age and you know your age coming in and talking about their experience and right. you know sharing their knowledge and i was like hey wow this is like fantastic these guys are willing to come back and you know help out the the kind of the new recruits and then that type yeah. of thing and it kind of you know that's something i've taken away and you know when i was taking some time off i actually went and worked um with a bunch of entrepreneurs at you know a, an accelerator to kind of help yes. their businesses and help yeah. them you know, in, in a similar type of way so that's it's important that, you know, you kind of continue to give back and, you know, help, you know, coach some of these, you know, up and coming entrepreneurs and yeah. you know, they appreciate it. And hopefully they keep the, the ball rolling once they, you know, take things to the next level. Well, fantastic. Well, David, I really appreciate your time this morning. Okay. Cause it's tough for Thanks, you to Chris. get to, to one of our training events from down south, uh, golfing <laughs> and hanging out <laughs> and uh, having a great lifestyle. Cause that's what I heard from your buddies. That's why you're down there. So <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt that it's, you know, what, what is it now? It's, uh, you know, November 20th. And I think right now it's, you know, pushing 70. Outside. <laughs> it's too bad. Too bad, Dave. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty darn cold here. So, uh, <laughs> well, thanks for spending the time with us. And uh, obviously we'll stay in touch. And, and again, thanks for being a contribution to. All right. Thanks for having me, Chris. Okay. Cheers. Bye-bye. Hey leaders. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Bye now you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca 
www.ca.ca/apply, and I can't wait to see you on the other side.